I remember telling myself I want to kill myself, you know? And my parents didn't really know what to do and what to like do to help me. And actually sport really helped me. Hi, we're back in black. We've got a cool guest that I met in the Amsterdam airport. She's from Switzerland. She's a current Oregon track star, the heart of uh, track and field. It's where Nike is located and uh, maybe possibly a future Olympian. It's Matilda Ray. Matilda, how are you doing back in America? I'm doing good. It's nice now. Uh, Oregon had some fires going on, so the air was really bad, but now it, it got back to normal, normal air, so it's good. And you guys uh, starting to do the, the running and jumping again? Yeah, so right now I just started summer practice a little bit, but school starts the 29th, so we're almost getting there. And we'll have a week of break and then start practicing with the whole group. So that's going to be nice. Fantastic. And I did a little background. We talked a little bit, but you're like a, a hepta athlete. And yeah. uh, you kind of did some stuff in Switzerland and Europe and made your name for yourself. And then you did pretty well as a freshman in Oregon. Now, can you explain to the audience, you know, what you all do with this track and field and kind of your background in it? Yeah. So heptathlon isn't a very common uh, event, I would say, because it's very complicated. For guys, it's decathlon. So they do 10 events in two days. Girls do seven events in two days. So the first day we have 100 meter hurdles. Then we go on with high jump, shot put 200. That's on the first day. And the second day we have long jump, javelin and the 800 meter to to finish hard <laughs> hold on so you're like the greeks back in the day where they did like everything right not just yeah we try to <laughs> we try I specialize in one thing now here's what i'm really interested in because obviously i've lived in europe for uh the past couple of years and it seems like sports aren't a major focus you need to really do it on your own it's not part of like school mm -hmm. like in america it's all or nothing. A lot of people, the only way they're going to uh, secondary education or university in college is if they're playing sports. Cause you know, yeah. we actually pay for our school, unlike mm -hmm. you in, in Switzerland and most know. of Europe and everything for free. But yeah. uh, I'm curious, what was that kind of culture shock like going from Europe, uh, you know, uh, uh, Olympic stuff and then going right to America where it's, you know, it's cutthroat. I mean, I I literally came in the States because of track, because of the whole facilities and the whole culture around sport that you can find in this, the United States. And yeah, in Switzerland, it's really studies first, are first. And then if you want to do something on the side, you got to like manage it and find sponsors and like do your own stuff. And here, everything is put up together so you can become a, a really good athlete and like they do a lot of stuff so you can like be good at practice and like they yeah, they support you a lot and that was like a really major trip like major things for me to come in the united states did oregon recruit you is that how it went yeah how does that so, how do they like find you when you're in Switzerland and Oregon's like on the opposite side? Yeah, of I know. <laughs> 
So the story is kind of interesting. Um, in 2011, I came in Eugene, so which is the town where the University of Oregon is. And I actually did elementary school here for seven months. And I started track and field here. So I kind of told myself when I left, I want to come back here for college. But I didn't really know what was going to happen. And then uh, I build up track and volleyball. And then I choose to do track. And I ended up having good results. And in 2018, I went to the World Championships under 20. And Coach Seth, which is my coach right now, was actually at those worlds. He saw me compete and he was interested and he offered me scholarship and like he offered me to come in in the United States. So it was just like perfect because I was like, sounds good. <laughs> I want to come back. So I'll, I'll come. Yeah, this is interesting because you told me you did like a family switch program, which mm -hmm. you can get into that in a, in a second but you kind of had like um it was your dream to go to yeah. Oregon right because you yeah. grew up there and it's neat how you kind of like manifested it huh yeah it's nice it it, it feel it felt kind of weird coming back because I was like wow this is actually happening like my promise the promise I told myself is actually like work like it's actually happening and like, it feels like it was made, like it had to be done, you know? So. Like destiny? Yeah, sort of. Tell us about that family switch program though. I thought that was quite interesting. So um, my parents were wanted to do something like that. Uh, they thought it would be good for us to learn another language that way. And they just went on a website there's all kinds of different websites where you can like search houses and people who also want to do that. And then you just go to their house and they come to their, your place. And it's kind of nice because you don't really want to like, you want to take care of their house because they're going to have to take care of your house too. So it's like, it's nice. And then we just stayed seven months. So it, it was and we were able to go in school. The first few months, it was really hard because I didn't know anything. Like I could just say, hi, my name is Mathilde and I speak French and that's it. So it was really hard for me because I, like, I, like, I couldn't communicate and, and like talk to people. But then when you're like forced to actually talk like, with people in a certain language, you, you force yourself to learn it. And like, it really helped us and my brother and I, because when we went back home, we knew like a good part of English. No, that's great. It reminds me of this old reality TV show where um, they used to switch wives and they used to watch the video. <laughs> it was a funny show back in the day. And American... what was it? Called, it's literally called Wife Swap. All the time, yeah. <laughs> Crazy reality shows, but Matilda, this is this is good. I like this because you were young. You went to a whole different freaking world. I bet you grew up a lot quicker, dealed with a ton of challenges. Take me through that experience and how you were able to overcome, you know, literally living outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. So at first, it was very hard. Like I really, I really didn't enjoy it at all. I was 
so confused I couldn't like I was lost and I I literally wanted I remember telling myself I want to kill myself you know and my parents didn't really know what to do and what to like do to help me and actually sport really helped me because it it gave me a chance to hang out with people without having to talk and like I could just communicate through like sport and just like be in a soccer team or like track or volleyball and that really helped me I also I also actually started doing yoga when I was 11 and that like I feel like the breathing and like just trying to focus on on something really simple as just breathing and stretching really helped me in a way and and then like it started to like help me and we were in the library and they like showed me a book with all sorts of kind of like all sorts of image like a cat and they would point point at it and they would say the the word in english like fork <laughs> and then i had to repeat it so like all those kind of little i like received from people actually helped me like go through it and when i came back it just like it just like was a really amazing experience because like i also learned how to cope with things and like i learned about myself too in a way matilda that's fantastic i love this because it seems like anytime anyone makes a jump outside of their comfort zone there's like initial really tough pain and i mean you were talking about killing yourself which is you know pretty extreme on on that end but then it results in these learning lessons and then all of a sudden you're like wait i want to live here again i want to go to school in oregon know what i mean it's always like that initial bang and then it gets better and better and you realize how amazing it really is mm -hmm. definitely so what is the like what was your biggest cultural shock from uh, going from switzerland to oregon because i know a lot of people in the u.s think that you know the swiss and the finland and all of them the nordic states have everything figured out so i would say there's a lot of different cultural shock i've got the first one i was i want to talk about is food like everything well i feel like everything is much bigger in the United States, like Walmart, like the huge Walmart. I had never seen that ever in Switzerland or like the amount of food that we get at a restaurant is always so frustrating because you want to, you don't want to leave leftovers, but you feel like you don't have enough to like take home. So I always try to finish my plate, but then it's it like, it's not like, yeah, it's not healthy or, in a way because you eat too much, you know? Or, yeah, that would be like one thing that really shocked me was the size of everything. Like everything seemed bigger, cars too, like they're huge. And I'm like, why, why, why is that so big, you know? <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I would say the other culture shock was the way people treat, uh, treat like the way people act between each other there's a really nice like a really good vibe they're like very open and like they in switzerland if you don't know somebody you're not going to compliment their outfit for example but like in the united states 
like if you wear nice pants people are gonna be like oh i really love your pants or like they're gonna give you compliments or even like when you go grocery shopping you can sometimes just have a conversation with the the cashier and like that doesn't happen in switzerland at all like you just pay your stuff and you leave you know it's not sometimes you can say hi how are you but that's like that's the maximum you can get and sometimes it can be nice but it also goes to some experiences that i didn't really like is that like um i got close to some people and i thought they were going to be my friends and i actually got very disappointed because like there was nothing going on after just being nice you know like i thought i would get closer and like we would build something but they were just like going to be nice and like it kind of ended on that so that's like the downside of of like really being open and really being like yeah friendly to people is that like for example in switzerland you're going to be sure that person is like is like likes you you know if that person talks to you and like acts like a friend then you're sure it's going to be like for real in in the united states i really struggled with that and like understanding if it was just a friendly like first kind of vibe or it w if it was going to be more serious and like i could build something with that person it's kind of like some um overly confident american complimenting your ring in the airport huh exactly <laughs> but Matilda, this is a fantastic point and a lot of people talk about this the hey how are you doing to strangers in america and mm -hmm. many people say oh it's superficial but like you i do enjoy it. it it does make a vibe better and i think any sort of like human interaction is good yeah but like you said there's the pros and the cons to it too because you know like a dude could come up onto you and and say oh this looks great and you don't know what his motives are and yeah. you don't know what's real and what's not how have you kind of dealt with that have you became more closed off or are you still open to people i feel like um always open but i'm i'm starting to kind of know what type of person i can like actually build something with like right now i just started having a group of friends that like i feel like i can trust and i think what i like about us is that we all like have our own weirdness sort of so it's like everybody's different in a way but like we complete each other and it's nothing like nobody is trying to hide like something from each other, you know. And I feel I don't know. I I feel like I've been a little bit more like a little bit less naive in trying to like block people off and like see if they were really gonna be honest and real with me. But I feel like I can always end up not being the the right person. So I don't know yet. I haven't really figured it out. I think, but I'm starting to work on that yeah fantastic i think we lost jake yeah we did <laughs> we lost him from our little talk at the airport i got the feeling that you were really um kind of into deeper relationships because you're so close with your family now is that a switzerland thing where you kind of stick with your group and you develop that strong um family bond i think i think it can really depend on wherever you are and I think that's mainly because I grew up in, in my family and like 
we really value love and like being close to people and trusting people I don't know if it's a Switzerland thing I definitely do think that like Switzerland like Swiss people are more closed up than Americans and like it's harder to create a relationship but when you do create one you you you're pretty certain it's gonna last in a way but um I definitely value that a lot because I think that you f would feel less alone if you know you can trust like a few people rather than having a bunch of friends and not really knowing who you can trust, you know? So right now I've been working on that and trying to put value on like those close friends that I can actually trust and like that I, for example, for my birthday, I, I would want to invite and just be fine with just being with them, you know? Like I'm really trying to work on that and and build this. I think it's definitely hard for me because I know at one point I'm gonna leave the United States and go back home. So it's like it's a lot on it's a lot about time for me. Like how how much longer am I gonna stay? Probably four years. Okay, I have four years now. Um, maybe longer or how like how do I want to make this work and same thing for a relationship with like somebody it's gonna be interesting because what am I gonna do when I'm gonna be wanting to go back home and that person may just want to stay here you know so it's yeah, kind always, of like yeah I always say all you got is yourself and then if you're lucky you have a family i think it's so important to have the people that like love you unconditionally and you can for sure all always go to but that point you just made too i deal with that a shit ton when i'm traveling mm -hmm. and you meet people yeah. and if you like them a lot but then you got to go and yeah it, but i've kind of flipped the mindset of you know i'm lucky i met them in the first place you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then usually you know if you do connect you do stay in touch and you never know what type of thing happens but yeah. it is tough when the time you're always thinking about time and and i don't know there comes a point too where you got to realize that you know time always goes on and things never last forever so you just do need to enjoy what you have with them yeah. and i think people get that point when someone dies or yeah. something bad happens and your friend goes to prison and you're like oh shit i need to appreciate things way mm -hmm. more but it's the whole you know thing about life and people talk about this all the time you know how do you do it though how do you take it all in yeah definitely so okay so let's, let's let's get back on the track uh track and field type deal so how much different is it competing um even with your teammates because there's money involved scholarships and whatnot um compared to you know switzerland and now you're seeing how competitive us americans are like this is a lot of um, what gets people out of bad situations, what makes their future successful. So it is very, very cutthroat. How have you dealt with that? I've actually dealt with it, I think, pretty nicely because I don't, I'm trying to not put pressure on myself about that. I'm going in with like the mindset of kind of a, a younger version of me, kind of innocent version of me, just focusing on myself and the results I want to make and not focusing on what's overwhelming me, like what's around me surrounding and like all the, the issues that could happen if I don't do a certain result or like 
all the pressure that I could have. I'm really trying to focus on, okay, I'm trying to have fun. That's my dream. Let's, let me try and achieve it and see if that works and just focus on that and not put pressure on myself and just be like, okay, if it doesn't work, then that's fine. You can just go back home. You have a family, you have people who love you, like you're fine. But at the same, in the same way, I also need to put some pressure on myself because if I take it too easy, I won't put work in. So I'm also trying to think, okay, that's what I want to achieve. Now, how am I going to get there? And like, what, what, like, what's the amount of work I want to put in? And like, if I want to focus on nutrition too, the time of sleeping, like, and really focus on that and be serious too. So it's really about that like balance between those two I would say that is hard to to keep track of what I found interesting too talking to you was um, people in Europe seem to grow up a lot quicker like you're allowed to drink way earlier it's not Mm -hmm. a big deal and then also the fact you probably had to really grow up when you first lived in the U.S. and Mm -hmm. then again when you went to college you know on the other side of the world and you told me that you know, being a freshman, everyone wants to party and live the college yeah. experience, but you're kind of mm-hmm. like, well, you know, what am I here for? And I've kind of already yeah. done a lot of that too. Can you hit mm-hmm. on that? Yeah. So in Switzerland or in Europe, the drink, drinking age, legal drinking age for beers are is 16 and hard alcohol is 18. And I think that's very interesting because we also get to drive only at 18. So at 16, you can like kind of build your tolerance and like understand what's your limit and like have fun and everything. And then at 18, once you can drive and like be more mature and have responsibilities over your life, you know what the limits are and you don't really want to actually drink or like you were more careful, I, I, I guess. And coming here, it was very interesting because everybody was trying to like drink and it it was a way also to show off, you know, and be like, oh, I I can drink that. I'm a freshman. Let's just have fun. And like, that's the whole point of college. We're free. No more parents. Uh, Let's just drunk, smoke weed and everything. And I was kind of in that and I was kind of like, well, my excuses was always I've already tested that I don't need to try it because I I knew I know what like alcohol does to your body it's not good for an athlete like I why would I want to try and do that I definitely did have sometimes maybe like you know have fun but and I really tried and like not get into that because I feel like also the first thing you said is going to like make people understand where you're at so if you start with saying no i don't want like i'm good then people are not going to be annoying about it they're not going to propose it to you too much so i was set off for for the rest of the season i was good because like they knew uh if i if i wanted to have fun it would be like an exception and like every time we would have fun i would just like be sober and like yeah which was really actually nice for me yeah it's like setting the frame at the beginning of a relationship i like that now what um what uh hold on fuck my brain is not working today (laughs) i can add something if you want you want to add something yeah so 
I also, I feel like also the fact that I'm from Switzerland, I'm so far away from my home and I took this whole, like the risk of coming to the United States to achieve my goals. I feel like that also made me not want to be acting dumb and like trying to like just have fun because my goals were, were not that. Like my goals were, okay, you want to practice, you want to do that. Now, if you go and have fun, you're going to ruin the risk and everything you did. So what's the point of trying to have fun just so people see you a certain way and think about you a certain way when it would be lying to myself because my first goal is to like actually achieve my dreams and like practice hard and get better in track. Yeah, now I remember. Um, where does this willpower yet come from and not wanting to follow the crowd? Because you would think being in a world all alone, you're looking for guidance, you're looking for clicks, you're looking for something to keep you not alone, right? But mm -hmm. obviously this probably keeps you, you know, not as, you know, in the party scene and making maybe these fake relationships, but yeah. you know, you're a young girl. Where does that willpower come from? And how do I you don't know. I think um, the fact that I've always been a little bit different than like, I've always felt different. It's definitely hard to like stick with that willpower and be like, I don't want to be like everybody because you, you definitely feel really different and you kind of feel sometimes weird. You know, you're like, why am I not like everybody? And why, sh why am I like that? But at the same time, I, I feel like the experience I had where I had seven months going in a country where nobody knew me and I couldn't like, I was really, really different made it help me to like stick with, with what I was and try to like really accept who I was and just go for it and just like, like enjoy the moment and, and, and love myself for, for who I am because that's how like, I feel good. That's how like, I feel happy in my life, you know? It's like the spotlight effect. So everyone thinks, everyone is thinking about them and, and what you're doing when in reality, the people aren't. Like there's a good example of like you're in a, a city and you walk by a homeless man and then, mm -hmm. you know, five minutes later, you don't remember what he was wearing, what shoes he was wearing. But at that moment, you're like, oh my God. But then you totally forget about it. Know what I mean? Yeah. And I think people mm -hmm. who do stuff out of their comfort zone slowly realize that, wow, like not everyone is thinking about me and maybe I should yeah. do what makes me happy or what I think exactly. will result yeah. in the best uh, way. Yeah, exactly. Tell Definitely. me about the Olympics and what you need to do to get there. So right now with the COVID case, um, everything got delayed. So now the Olympics are going to be in 2021 normally. But that's not my goal. My main goal is the Olympics 2024 in Paris. Um, so it means that I still have four years and those four years I want to like use the Oregon program, like the university program and like practice as hard as I can and get as like get to my best shape to try and qualify for the Olympics. For a heptathlon, we have to reach a certain limit which is in points because every event gives you an, a certain number of points that add up. And the, the limit is really high, which is normal. 
but it's possible in in the lapse of those four years i think so i mean i just gotta stick to my plan and try and just trust the coaches that are gonna train me here and just go for it and focus on on staying healthy i think also the surrounding surrounding yourself with the people that like acts like you is the most important and last year was the hard part for me i felt like i had surroundings that weren't always the best influence that hadn't always the best influence on on me and like i didn't feel maybe the happiest and i think that's like the really the hardest part because you still want to like be social right you still want to like find people that are just like you but that's like yeah i feel like that's the hardest part of just like trying to spot who you truly are and who you truly want to hang out with, who makes you happy. What's fascinating with track and field too is like a one second, half a second can result in, you know, winning the gold medal and not yeah. winning it. And especially athletes, the timetable for track and field is very short and you mm -hmm. have like four years Olympics and you gotta be in yeah. uh, prime shape. So it is the ultimate, um, uh, long-term satisfaction over instant gratification because if you bear down focus and become an olympic athlete you know represent the swiss like you're immortalized like yeah. the rest of your life you know what i mean but also what happens if you work your ass off you don't enjoy the college experience in oregon i mean it's the track capital of the world and you don't make the olympics would you look back and be like oh my god i wish i would have done this and that you know what i mean so you're like yeah. I could see, you know, and feel uh, the pressure around you. Um, what do you think of that in the track and field? You kind of get off on that where it's like, you know, one second and I got to put all this effort of four years into one race type deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like sport, you know, when you're little, you have this dream. Oh, I want to compete in the Olympics and you set this dream. I feel like you don't realize how hard sport is. And I feel like track is different than like team sports because you're all alone in yourself. Like you're just you, it's just you and your results. And you, if you mess up, you can see it right away because it's numbers. Like you can't say, Oh, I, I was fine. Or like, Oh, I missed the ball for volleyball. Like, Oh, I spiked outside, but like we, we managed to win. Track is like, you get a number and that shows you if you're like in shape or not and mentally it can be like very hard sometimes because you're like wow wow why didn't i do well now and like you start asking yourself questions and it can be really really tough but i feel like that's also the the beautiful side of it because it's so hard when you actually make it it's so grat gratifying because like you achieved what you wanted and you went through all those those issues to actually get to that goal and it's just like amazing the feeling is just like wow i finally made it you know yeah there's literally no excuses in your sport same with like yeah. um like a tennis player a golfer yeah or a fighter it's literally all on you and that can get lonely but it's also you know the highest rewards because like mm -hmm. you know i play american football and the coach has got to call a good play. The receiver's got to catch. The line's got to yeah. block. So, like, yeah. you do have some excuses. Oh, my defense gave up 60. Yeah. But, but in your life, no, it's on you. And that's mm -hmm. total 
responsibility. And I think um, with that comes the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Definitely, yeah. Okay, Matilda, when I think of track and field, I think of Oregon University. I think of Knight. Um, what's his name? Bob, not Bobby Knight. Uh, the owner of Nike. Yeah, Phil Knight. Phil Knight. So I think yeah. of Oregon. You're decked out in the coolest stuff ever. I know their football team has like 10 different jerseys. And, and uh, everyone used to want to go to uh, Oregon because of all the cool stuff. Now, what's it like being a track athlete at that university? It's definitely very grateful and very like I'm very grateful of what we all receive like I think I I I amuse myself trying to count how much money they put into our gears and last year when we received our like gears for the, the like fall term and everything like the whole thing uh, it was about 2,500 for just once like one time and like then we receive more gears and and more stuff so we definitely get treated very well and i'm not used to that at all because in switzerland we have one jersey and we're happy or one pair of shoes for like three years <laughs> and here it's like every time we get one new pair and and yeah it was just a, a big shock too because athletes are treated like stars and celebrities too and like in switzerland it's really like oh you're you're you do some sport that's cool for you like we don't really care i think the culture around the fact that it's university against universities helps a lot because uh college students can actually like see the athletes and like think they are part of the team too because there is their their college and they're against other college so it makes people want to like follow everything way more because it's not just one person competing for it itself like it it works like that for european countries when it's like countries against countries because then you you see yourself into like the athletes because they represent your country but in the United States, I think that system is very clever because everybody like sees themselves in the athletes and it makes people want to follow that way more, which I think is, is genius. And I, we definitely get treated very well. Um, I would say, for example, I was surprised. Um, we have an underwater treadmill. So literally, you, they have all different kinds of shoes, shoe size that you can try on. Uh, you, put the, you put them on then you go on like this platform and it starts lifting like it starts going down underwater and you can control the height you just have your your hands out and it gets to like your hips and then the the like the platform starts to like go so it's like a a, a treadmill but you're underwater so you actually don't have the pressure of the ground it's really good if you're injured for example because it's not as tough as running on on real actual ground and then you can actually make it harder because they they send you like water and like air in front of like in front of you so you have more resistance and i was in that and i was like and i was enjoying my life <laughs> i was like this is so cool <laughs> so yeah just like tiny things like that is seems crazy to me but for athletes here it's like actually normal like 
the D1 college should be having some of the facilities like that for every athlete. And I, I was like enjoying time. Of, I was having the time of my life just being underwater, like on an underwater treadmill. That, that was just so cool for me. Yeah, uh, athletes are definitely on the top of the totem pole in American mm-hmm. society. It seems like they're idolized. Now, what's that like, though, with the yeah. media and the fans and, you know, the teachers and classmates, the, the newfound attention? Do you like it? Is it yeah. hard? Uh, I told my friend and my brother, I was like, if I get a big head because of that, please tell me because I really don't want to, I really don't want to, like, become like that. And he, they were like, yeah, we got you, don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, it's been kind of weird because in a way, you, you, it's really nice. You're like, wow, people like just enjoy track. They enjoy the, the sport. They enjoy the culture, which is really nice because you feel like you kind of have like a purpose sort of. But at the same time, it's kind of like you're, you're more mephient. I don't know how you say it, but like, you if people approach you 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 start to think oh do they like me because i'm an athlete or do they like me because of me you know because of who i am and how i act not just because i'm an athlete and i'm and i'm seen by the society a certain way you know yeah definitely you definitely start getting people that you start thinking are what do you want from me do you want to yeah be my friend or there's always like a little game to it, you know, with the, the fame, mm-hmm. athletic success, you, you know, it comes with its, its cons. Now, um, we kind of hit on it before, and mm-hmm. uh, it goes into dating. Now, you're a foreign Swiss girl. You're mm-hmm. obviously in shape, track, and you're young. Now, what, mm-hmm. uh, how has that been, been for you in America and the whole dating world? Was it different in Switzerland? Because sometimes, I mean, you're pretty tall, right? So was yeah. your pool maybe small over there and you come to America and now Definitely. it's a hot topic? Definitely. So, I mean, in, in like high school, I was probably the tallest person in the in my school. There was some, like a few guys that were high, like taller than me, but it was hard to find some like here, and like compared to here, here there's a lot of athletes already and like, automatically there like I was hanging out with basketball girls and I, I was feeling so happy because I like for the first time I could look at somebody and be like wow they're huge <laughs> and just feel like comfortable because I was not the tallest person in the group you know so that was nice uh, for dating though it's very I felt like the culture is very different too because so college life is kind of oh you get out of your parents uh, and your guardians and like you you're free to do whatever you want nobody knows what you're doing so people are like really trying to have fun and and coming here I was like oh I want to find somebody that I can trust and like I want to be with somebody like and have a serious relationship and here coming here I haven't found that yet and I feel like it can be very hard and in a way, I do get along more with. I I didn't want I didn't want to think that, but I actually do get along more with international people, because like they they grew up in another culture, and like I feel like I could trust more than like what like than Americans, for example, and especially guys. I like I struggle to actually give my trust and like be sure. I can follow up and like 
have a real relationship, you know. The hookup culture is hard for you in in America. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, very hard. <laughs> yeah, and like, obviously, we have that here, and I think um, like we're moving away from relationships with the whole social media and dating apps. But mm-hmm. I mean, in Europe, maybe some parts it's more conservative and traditional. I know Switzerland is right; like it's pretty mm-hmm. tight knit, right? Everyone knows what you're doing, and families essentially yeah. kind of. Yeah, definitely. When you see somebody. Like, I would automatically want to, like, imagine, okay, is, am I going to show that dude, am I going to present that dude to my family? And, like, would I want to present him or not? Like, that's the one of the first things that comes into my mind. Because, like, I'm trying to think about, yeah, like, family to me means everything. So, like, they have to know what, uh, like that part of my life too because like they have to yeah it's it's part of me and like they are part of me so like yeah it's very different than here now I actually enjoy though the fact that I'm here and I can do whatever I want without having to explain stuff like going out I'm 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 a very bad liar so I would never be able to lie to my parents and be like yeah I'm going to see I'm actually going to see a guy so now right now here i can just like go and i don't have to explain anything which is actually nice sometimes you know yeah but i found interesting um i think europe is is getting similar to america in that way especially in the west like i mean Mm -hmm. scandinavia it's scandinavia is interesting so basically if you connect with uh someone then mm-hmm. they want to know if you sexually uh, connect. So they want to get that mm-hmm. out of the way as soon as possible because you don't want to be like three, four dates in and you, oh, this person's super cool. And then, you know, you get in the bed and there's just no chemistry. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Scandinavia is pretty, you know, like, uh, I don't know if liberal is the word or very free with it, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing a lot more in like Germany, in Italy, maybe not in like the South South where it's yeah. family centered, but um, Spain yeah. too. But I guess it's still pretty, like you're talking about in East, the Eastern parts, like you need to go on a certain amount of dates, you know, maybe there's a family picture or it's not just mm-hmm. quick, fast stuff. But no, yeah, I do agree with you. Like, obviously it's, it's fun to have fun, you know, but also, mm-hmm. you know, if, is that all it is? And the no, relationships yeah. are tough. I feel like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And I feel like it's really similar to what we were talking about with the time, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, how much time I, and I got with you? Or is it just now and over? And, oh, wow, I thought mm-hmm. we were getting close. And now you're gone type deal. So it is, mm-hmm. it's tough. It is. And it kind of gets yeah. on your, your mental health. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm more trying to think about, okay, I'm, I'm here for track, for sport. I know I have people loving me back at home. And I'm, I'm trying to build that here, too. So I, I, f- I feel happy, too. And I'm kind of in the phase of thinking, okay, if there's somebody who like is supposed to be with me, I'll just let it come. And like, I'm not trying to put too much effort in that because I need to put effort in a lot of other stuff right now. So like, we'll see. It's just hard to be sure I could trust that person or not, you know? And I feel like it's nice to sexually be like, I feel like to be enjoying something sexually, you have to be like enjoying the emotional part and like be connected in a way, because if you're just like 
going and like having fun just like that I feel like it's for me at least it's way harder if I'm not connected emotionally and like if I'm not feeling good with that person like I can't go further definitely not I would agree and um it also you are in a different spot too where you're we talked about the instant gratification long-term satisfaction where you're really trying to cement a legacy so maybe boys shouldn't be in the picture until you know you know your goals are set. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. want some dude to ruin your Olympic chances and break your heart. Mm-hmm. That would suck. Definitely. Yeah, but definitely. Let's go into this, this art, because I know you like to do art. Is this an escapism way or something to kind of get uh, express yourself? Yeah. So I've found some ways of like sort of regenerating. I don't know, like recovery ways. I feel like you always in life you have a side of you that like gives up a lot of energy and you have a side of you where you like enjoy doing things and that just makes you feel better like you recover from like giving all your energy you like you feel that energy coming back and i've trying to like make a list of like things that actually helps me and like uh, the list of the things that like gets my energy out of me and one of the things that actually like brings me energy and like makes helps me re- recover is like painting and drawing. I feel like it's very relaxing in a way. And it's just like you focus on little details. You just focus on the drawing and you don't think too much about anything else. Um, it also, it can in a way also help you think about all, all the other stuff and like trying to process it while doing an activity. I think the, part that is nice is that I enjoy is just being creative like creative in a way I for example I built like my desk and it was just like being creative just like creating things makes you makes me feel happy because then I can look at them and be like oh I actually did that it looks kind of nice that's cool you know and like and and enjoy those things in a way and I feel like cooking is also a good way for me to like recover because it's a way of just like treating myself like oh I want to eat that meal and like I actually take time to do that the other one is uh being in nature just like since I was little that could be the kind of weird side of me since I was little I always loved just going out in nature in the forest and just like walk around no matter what, like, I didn't know where I was going. I was just like walking around and it just made me feel so good. And I'm really happy to know that this part, that just walking in nature or just like enjoying little things actually like helps me recover because I I know when I feel down, I know what I need to do to like feel better, you know? Oh, that's great. That sounds very Eastern like philosophy. It's like your battery is drained through the track. Like you're giving everything you have in there and you got to like rebuild the battery with things like that. But that's like Taoism or, or Buddhism. Are you into that stuff? No, but I, I'm, I'm very interested to like get to know about that more. Are you into that stuff? I'm kind of all over into weird stuff. Been a lot of, <laughs> a lot of different rabbit holes, but like you said, creating like the desk, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. huge. That's why we do this podcast. It feels amazing to um, create work and it, it, the fulfilling feeling. That's the feeling I get. I'm more fulfilled yeah. and productive and, oh, wow, we did this and we made that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, like achieving goals. I feel like, for example, if you do just, for example, every day, you just 
put yourself up and you, you're like, okay, I want to do that and that and that today, or like a to-do list, it's so satisfying to just check it out and be like, I did that. And then you can just move on, you know? I agree. Um, before you got on the plane, I sent you an article um, mm -hmm. and you've been doing it. What, what was it and how has your experience been? So you sent me this ar article about affirmations and it's a way of setting up yourself to some goals in a way you just every day or you try to do that every day you write a sentence like that you want to do for example i will eat healthy and you just write it down like 15 times and you do that every day it and it kind of like puts you up you kind of like i don't know how what the world is but yeah you it just makes you want to do it because you you said you were gonna do it so you wrote it down and now you're like oh i i wrote it down now i i need to do that i need to eat healthy and i've been doing that since you 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 sent me because i thought it was very interesting and it actually really helped like for example i set myself that i was gonna learn spanish And I've been writing down 15 times every day. I was like, I'm going to do 10 minutes of Duolingo, which is an application uh, that helps you learn uh, a certain language, the language you want to do. And it's actually really nice. So I've been like writing it down and I've been doing it for now 20, 20 days. And I, my goal is to like keep on doing and like reach 400 days or whatever. And that those aff affirmations actually really help me just stick with that too, you know? I think it's another way to recharge your battery. Like I do it every morning and mm -hmm. after I get done, I'm just like, yeah, like I feel good. I, I have a tip for you, but if that's working, keep doing it. I like to do it in like the present or like I am it. So like I oh, am yeah. fluent in Spanish. Okay. I am yeah. healthy. Instead of like yeah. will, I don't know, there's some like little things people talk about the affirmations, but if those uh -huh. work for you that way, I would do yeah. it. But I think that does go back to your, your recharging thing. It's just, I think you get in a state when you write and you're just kind of like, you know, Hakuna Matata type deal. And then mm -hmm. it like comes true magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exactly that. And, and then you just want to believe it, you know? So you just like, in a way you act for it. I remember in the airport, you were wearing these jeans, like uh, mm -hmm. one leg was, I think, white, another was blue, but they look kind of funky and, and put together. And I can see right now you're wearing like a, a Kurt Cobain type uh, um, longer warm shirt. I know you were just mm -hmm. in Seattle, so maybe you got a little grunge inspo, but <laughs> tell me about your style. You're into like recycling different things. Yeah, exactly. So I, I really like uh, using things that are like I have under my like that I have at my in my disposition and trying to like recycle them and never trying to like not throw them you know like the the drip I have on me is mainly recycled things so like the jacket is from my dad the t-shirt I actually found in a thrift store and yeah it's just it's just nice because when also like you know where it's from like knowing that's from my dad i want to wear it way more because it has like a sentimental side about it and like every time people compliment it i'm like 
oh yeah thanks that's my dad's <laughs> and it's it's actually funny to say that because they're like oh okay cool and like it's just yeah it just makes me happy to also just try to recycle things and like make it look nice and I think I get my inspiration a lot from either Instagram or Pinterest I don't know if you know Pinterest this it's actually really nice like to just I like just going and look at looking in into like the main page and just like see if there are some things I could like get inspired and, and actually do so yeah it's another way to create for you or is it more of a focus mm -hmm. on like recycling because I know Switzerland's pretty into the whole eco-friendly and being efficient yeah I would say it's both I would say it's like part of me loves creating things so that's like part of it and it's an, it's another like it's another way to kind of help the planet in a way like not trying to overconsume and like trying to buy new stuff i'm just trying to work with what i have already and make it look nice in a way because like overconsumption is is actually a big big major problem in our world right now so i'm trying to focus on not doing that too much too I think Europe really hit me with the um, minimalism bug and decluttering. So I like that mm -hmm. idea a lot. And I like how you add spark to it, making it um, an expression of yourself. And I do think some pieces, you know, if that jacket, that coat thing you're wearing, it like reminds you of your dad. So like he's always with you and he's giving you yeah. a hug because he's on you. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. It's another unique um, aspect to yourself because, you know, going to H&M and just buying the fast yeah. And I think it's, uh, I don't know. It, but. Yeah, it loses the, you know, at first you, you, you're like, oh, I kind of like that. But then I feel like it loses the power of it because it's either, I feel like when you buy cheap stuff, you don't put that much effort in it. Like you don't want to take care of it too much because you're like, oh, it didn't really, it didn't really cost me a lot. Well, when you, if you buy something expensive, you actually want to take care of that thing and you actually want to like make sure it's it's not gonna like break down and then you just keep it way way longer it yeah, has way also, more value you know it's also like a drug too so i remember catching myself when i would get bored when i was back in the states last winter um i was bored so i'm like oh i'm gonna go to the store and i'm gonna buy something mm -hmm. that quick dopamine mm -hmm. hit and then it's yeah. over in a week you don't like this shit no more and then oh i need mm -hmm. to get something more and consumerism is nasty and that's why i really got into this whole minimalism decluttering yeah. idea because you do feel more free you do feel like you're not um attached to the the next thing and and all your stuff ends up owning you there's a famous yeah definitely people. so i like uh -huh. that i think that's really neat to repurpose different things have meaning to them and it's good but matilda as we wrap up this um thought we had a great time today you're a very unique mm -hmm. interesting person we have a community here and we're wondering what you could offer to the people that are listening. Maybe they are going through a big move. Um, they're out of their comfort zone. They need some fashion tips or they're in track and field and want, you know, a coach or someone to give them some, some tips. Would you be open to helping people out? Yeah, definitely. If somebody wants to ask me questions, they can reach out for sure. And like, I'm, I would be so happy to, to be able to help. Fantastic. What on like Instagram, Facebook? What do you use? Yeah. 
So you, you can reach, reach out to me on Instagram. I'm way more on Instagram than Facebook, Facebook. <laughs> I just got messenger, messenger like three days ago. And one of my friends sent me a video like a year ago. And I just answered <laughs> like two days ago. <laughs> so don't, don't reach out to me on Facebook. That's not good. But on Instagram, I think it's ray.matilde. Perfect. We'll link it in the bio. No worries. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited to see you in the upcoming track season. Now, is it, what is the schedule for this fall with coronavirus? So we're going to practice with our masks on every day. We have to be tested every day. So they take our temperature and we have to clean everything we touch. And for the schedule, um, normally we should have an indoor season but it's not sure yet. And if it, if it happens, it starts in January. Um, but it could, it could work because we're a low risk sport since we're like all alone. We don't touch anybody. There's way less risks than like basketball or like boxing or yeah, there's no contact. So that's actually really good for us concerning like considering this whole situation. Fantastic. And you can stream probably those events online. I bet it'll be a lot less pressure now with um, no fans, right? There probably won't be as many fans. So it'll be really yeah. focus driven and good for you, you think? Uh, I like, the, like fans. the fans. I, I like people enjoy. watching. Yeah. It makes you like a little, you know, a little boost kind of, you know, like, ah, people are watching me. Let's, 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 let's show them what I, what I'm capable of, you know? So awesome. we'll see. It's going to be very interesting if it's like all empty. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen and how I'm going to take that. Bold. I love it. Living bold. But <laughs> Matilda, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, let's stay in touch. Thank and you. any of the listeners yeah. um, that want to get in contact with her, please do check out the bio yeah, for Instagram. For sure. And have a wonderful time in Eugene. Thank you for, for having me on this podcast. <laughs>